first 2022 episode of the Disease Du Jour podcast, and we're starting the year with a bang. In this episode, we welcome Dr. Tom Riddle to talk about to us about foaling. I'm your host, Kim Brown. I'm the publisher of Equimanagement. The Disease Du Jour podcast is brought to you in 2022 by Merck Animal Health. Tom Riddle, DVM DACT Honorary, is a founding partner of Reed and Riddle Equine Hospital in Lexington, Kentucky. And he is going to be talking to us today about his decades-long experience of working in equine reproduction with thousands and thousands of mares and foals. The son of a veterinarian, Dr. Riddle graduated from Wake Forest University in 1974 and the University of Georgia College of Veterinary Medicine in 1978, and he's an honorary member of the American College of Theriogenologists. After graduation, Riddle served an internship with Dr. Don Witherspoon at Leslie Combs Spinthrift Farm in Lexington, Kentucky, and worked another three years at Spinthrift. In 1982, Dr. Riddle joined Dr. Bill Rude to form Rude and Riddle Equine Hospital. In 1985, they purchased land on Georgetown Road and broke ground for their new building. And it has only grown since that time. Dr. Riddle has served as president of the Kentucky Association for Equine Practitioners, the Society for Theriogenologists, and the Theriogenology Foundation. He received the Steiner Award for Excellence in the Practice of Theriogenology. Dr. Riddle was the first person to recognize and report the 2001 abortion outbreak that became known as Mare Reproductive Loss Syndrome. And clinically, Dr. Riddle has special interests in uterine culture and cytology, early twin management, fetal sexing, and diagnostic ultrasound of a mare's reproductive tract. So welcome, Dr. Riddle, to the Disease Du Jour podcast. Thank you very much, Kim. I appreciate you having me on. Well, this is a great topic, especially for new practitioners or those who might not have primary practice that involves equine pre-production, because we know that the uh, breeding industry is heating up across the country. So maybe let's start with some of the most important things to prepare for and have on hand for veterinarians for the foaling season. So if someone is not a, a primary reproductive veterinarian, but suddenly they've got some pregnant mares in their practice, what sort of preparation or knowledge do you think they need this time of year to get ready for the foaling season? I think that uh, the new veterinarian will have everything that they need on their vehicle. Um, they need a bucket, which most veterinarians have. Uh, they need to wash the mirror with a clean um, soap, uh, mild soap, such as ivory, and uh, then they'll need some scissors uh, in case there is a, a red bag presentation or a placental, premature placental separation that they need to uh, address. And that's really all that they need. Um, there are some other things they could have that would be fancier, but um, just a bucket um, and uh, a mild soap like ivory and scissors will probably take care of most everything you need. Well, that's that's pretty great to know that most things are already going to be on the practice vehicle. So is there something that a veterinarian you would recommend that they perhaps read or could study up on if they're, again, either new to practice or haven't had a lot of, of reproduction experience? I think that uh, there are numerous things on the Internet that give uh, very good advice and uh, 
there's some variation in the uh, length of time they may uh, predict for stage one of labor. But stage two of labor, I think most everybody is is uh, using a, a figure of 30 minutes. And I think that's correct. Um, so go to your internet and uh, look that up. Look up Foley tips. Okay, that's that's a, a good tip on that. So um, let's talk a little bit about normal preparation for the Foley mayor. So you may have a new owner and then you may have a veterinarian that's not quite as experienced. How can that veterinarian help the owner recognize when stage one labor is starting and when to call the vet? I think that um, that's a great question. And uh, a new owner that um, isn't familiar with following would probably do well to send their mare to someone who has experience. Um, either that or they need to call their veterinarian if their veterinarian is willing uh, and have the veterinarian be present, um, which is awfully hard to do um, because mirrors are pretty unpredictable, as okay. you know. Yeah. Um, and so um, I think that probably the best thing for a new person or a novice following person to do is to send the mirror to someone who has preparation and, and knowledge. Well, and, and that's a great tip. So, um, so let's talk a little bit about um, if what what do you tell owners that are maybe pre foaling red alerts? I mean, this time of year, you know, there's a lot of mares that are that are coming into being ready to foaling. So, what should owners be alert for if they have not sent this mare off to someone who is very experienced in foaling? Um, I think that. Uh... One big thing they need to look for is that mares may act colicky, uh, which is uh, an evidence of abdominal pain, and they need to um, not think she is immediately going to go into foaling. She may be just a little colicky, may be just a digestive upset, um, or it may be uh, that uh, stage one labor, she's getting the uh, foal ready to enter the birth canal. And so uh, they need to be uh, aware that uh, every mare is not foaling, that they may think is foaling. And uh, so they, they need to uh, guard for that. Right. And I, I believe you had once told me early in my career that uh, you you really, if you're going to go check your mirror at night, don't walk into the barn and turn the lights on because mirrors kind of get a little touchy on changes when they're getting ready to fall. Um, they do. They do. And um, so you want to uh, have the mirror very accustomed to your um, presence. Uh, mirrors like quiet. Um, they they don't want to have anything that disturbs them, and so don't periodically enter your barn and cut on the lights. Um, try to sneak up on the mirror and ideally um, either have a foaling person there who the mirror is very accustomed to their presence or have a camera in the stall 
And so you can uh, watch her uh, undetected. Oh, that's, that's some great advice. Um, so when, uh, again, we're going to consider that you have a novice owner uh, for some of these, because, you know, some of the experienced foaling people, you may never hear from them until it's time, you know, the foal is on the ground and you want to go, you know, do the check on the, the foal. But let's talk about the novice owner. So what might be a red alert pre-foaling? Let's say the mayor has entered labor. So what are the things that you would tell a veterinarian to help their owner say, okay, this is when to call me and this is not when to call me? I mean, you mentioned a little bit of colicky, and that doesn't necessarily mean the mayor's going into labor, but what really should alert, and that's, that's a phone call to the vet. Uh, the vet should be called if the foal isn't presented properly. Uh, when the mayor goes into um, stage two labor, when she's really um, straining hard to deliver the foal and she's broken water, um, the owner should go in and make sure that the foal is being presented properly. And you want a foal that is uh, uh, got both front feet uh, in the birth canal, the nostrils, uh, the nose, the head um, are usually going to be behind the, the front feet. The foal should be uh, much like uh, they're diving. Um, they should have, uh, the soles should be down, the top of the hood should be up, and, and you're going to want to have the, uh, the head a little ways behind the mare's front feet. And if they uh, check that foal and it is not in position, one leg's back, uh, they're not feeling the nose or the head right behind those front feet, that's time to call the vet. How much time do you have to get there? Um, after the mare is broken water, um, I think it's very common knowledge that you have about 30 minutes. They're not like humans. Um, a lot of people think that um, they can uh, wait a while after the mare broken water, but you can't. Uh, once the mare has broken water, you've got about 30 minutes to get that foal out on the ground. And so you need to um, keep that in mind. And if everything is not um, in order, uh, presented properly, you need to have a plan with either someone who's a very accustomed, very practiced following person or your veterinarian um, that they can get there right away. Um, so you need to keep in mind if your veterinarian is uh, 10 minutes away, that's great. But if they're an hour away um, in the middle of the night, um, you need to allow them some time to get up and get dressed and, and uh, um, get ready to come to your way. And so uh, you're not going to have the, that uh, benefit of that much time. Yeah, and that's that's a good point to make. And that's a that's a good thing that that maybe some of these veterinarians can use to encourage some of these novice foaling owners to uh, have someone either on hand or send the mayor someplace where they have more experience to help there on the farm. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. Okay, so we have talked about uh, 
the fold, let's say, is in proper position. The mare is pushing, and then everything stops. She can't make any more progress. A lot of people want to start pulling on those feet. So what is your advice to veterinarians to tell owners? Again, you know, hopefully the veterinarian, if there's been problems ahead of time, that you know they will have been called already. But let's say the foal is starting and, and gets hip-locked or gets stuck. Um, about 80% of the time, um, the foal, new foal owner, the foal, the foley novice is going to have uh, no problem at all. Um, the foal is going to uh, be presented properly and is going to come out. But if you have, um, you're in that 20% um, of the time with the, the, the mares not progressing properly with their pregnancy, uh, then you need to uh, either um, have your veterinarian there or the mare needs to be at a foaling facility that is accustomed to her, accustomed to foaling. Right. And I remember when you were, uh, and, and I'm sure most veterinarians have hopefully had some of this in vet school, but we also know that the pandemic has caused a little bit of issues with us new graduates being able to get as much hands-on experience as they wanted. So if you're the veterinarian and you've been called and you are on hand, what are some of the tips to help these mares when they are foaling if you're the veterinarian on, on hand? If you're the veterinarian on hand and the mare, say, isn't progressing with her uh, stage two labor, um, you need to first check to see that the foal is presented properly. If it's not, then you need to get it in proper position, proper presentation. If, it's, if it, that is not possible, then you're probably going to need to send her to a, a clinic. Uh, and let them follow her there. Okay. Yeah, because I know that there you have actually helped in, in some of the techniques that are now used with some of these mares, like the mare in the air and, you know, some using different types of sedation and maneuvering of these mares to help them out. And that that's something that needs to be done with extra hands that are experienced. Exactly, exactly. You need experience with that. And if you don't have it yourself, then don't hesitate to say, we need to send her to a facility that does have experience. Today's Disease Du Jour podcast is brought to you by Merck Animal Health, the maker of prestige vaccines, Banamine, Panicure, Regimate, Protozil, and other trusted equine health solutions. Merck Animal Health works for you and for horses. Learn more about Merck Animal Health's comprehensive portfolio of products, as well as their ongoing investment in our industry, profession, and community through programs such as the Respiratory Biosurveillance Program at MerckAnimalHealthUSA.com. So let's say that uh, everything went great. The veterinarian did not have to attend the foaling. How soon do you uh, recommend that that veterinarian go check out the mare and the foal, and what is that veterinarian looking for? Um, in most cases, if the foal um, is acting normal, the veterinarian doesn't need to go out until the following morning. Most bears foal at night. Um, not all, but most do. 
So the following morning is fine. They don't need to go out there right away. Um, they should make sure that the, the placenta has been passed within uh, five to six hours. If it's not, then uh, there's a risk of a retained placenta, a very great risk. And uh, usually it's the uh, non-pregnant horn that's left in. Um, and the mirror may pass all the placenta except the non-pregnant horn. So you need to be aware of that. Um, if uh, the uh, foal is acting normal, then uh, you can still be in trouble with the mare uh, if she hasn't passed her placenta or if the foal hasn't uh, defecated past its meconium, which is the first uh, feces, uh, within usually uh, about uh, 12 hours. Okay. And I remember you had, when, when back in my early, early years, when you had attended, uh, you always had the following attendant may retain the placenta for the vet to check. And, you know, they can just throw it in a bucket someplace. I mean, what, what are you checking for? You talked about retained placenta. What else are you looking for? Um, you need to hold on to that placenta for your veterinarian to look at. And the veterinarian wants to make sure that the entire placenta has been passed. And most placentas are, can be shaped um, like the capital letter F, which uh, you'll have both horns to one side and then the body of the uterus um, as the, the upright or vertical part of the letter. And so most mirrors, if they're going to retain part of the placenta, may retain either the, either the non-pregnant horn or the non-pregnant horn and the entire placenta. Wow, okay. And what else might you look for on uh, that that might clue you in that the foal might have problems? Maybe um, some, some potential placentitis or something. Um, placentas can be very, very deceiving to look at. So you, you need to be aware that um, any sort of uh, discharge on the placenta uh, is a possible indication of a problem, but any discoloration of the placenta itself may just be post-folding changes that may happen with time in any normal placenta. Okay. Um, one type of uh, placentitis that has become common um, in central Kentucky, and I understand in other areas too, is nocardia. So if there is a peanut butter-like discharge on the placenta, especially on the body or the non-pregnant horn, um, that is a good indication of nocardia placentitis. And some of those can be fine. Some of those you can have a very weak foal. Uh, that is going to need some help to get going. Okay, and what kind of help would that be? Um, everything, anything from fluids to the foal to uh, uh, antibiotics that uh, will give the foal a little extra help. Um, you're going to need to uh, uh, possibly uh, give the foal uh, an enema, uh, you're going to need to, to uh, possibly give it some colostrum or some plasma. 
And you had mentioned earlier about the making sure the foliage passed the meconium. And I know some uh, owners and veterinarians uh, recommend, you know, enemas just routinely. Is that something you recommend? I don't think that the average foal is going to need a, an enema. Um, I think that uh, um, most foals are going to pass their uh, meconium without any sort of outside assistance. Okay, and how about colostrum? I mean, I know it's important for the, the foals to nurse uh, regularly and early after they fold. What is normal for that that the veterinarian should advise the owner to be watching for? Um, most foals will nurse within a couple of hours after um, they're delivered. And uh, if they haven't nursed by um, six to 10 hours after foaling, then I think you need to um, supplement them with some, some colostrum. And uh, uh, the colostrum is the first milk that the mare has. It's, it's usually uh, a yellow, sticky sort of a substance. Give the foal about um, six to eight ounces of colostrum about every 12 hours um, after uh, they fold. It is possible to uh, overfill the stomach, so you don't want to give more than um, about eight to 12 ounces at a time. And when you're talking about uh, colostrum, you're looking for you know some antibody transfer. When do you recommend testing for uh, passive transfer of antibodies? Um, usually I'm checking the mirror at about 24 hours, uh, for the passive, uh, transfer of, uh, the antibodies. And, uh, you'll have most mares will, uh, most foals will, uh, nurse that colostrum from the mirror and, uh, you should have uh, enough IgG on hand um, after about 12 hours after nursing that the foal is uh, is going to show an adequate absorption of the IgG. Okay, and what what is the number that you like to say? Hey, if they if they don't reach this number when we do the test, what do you suggest? Um, if they don't reach 400 um, on their IgGs um, after uh, they, it's at least 12 hours since they nursed, then I think you're in trouble. And you know, you're probably going to need to give them not just uh, a colostrum uh, transfusion, you're going to need to give them a plasma transfusion. Uh, and colostrum, I said, uh, might have been misleading the way I said it, transfusion. Um, by Colostrum is by stomach tube. Plasma is by um, IV uh, transfusion. And when you've got a great healthy foal on the ground and you've got a healthy mare afterwards, that's always a, a tremendous relief and reward. And But what happens if you get in there and some of these folks haven't maybe had their mares checked early or, you know, 
so forth. And if, if you've got people who are going to have mares that foal and you can, as a veterinarian, advise them early, what sort of vaccinations do you recommend and what schedule do you recommend pre-foaling? Pre-foaling, the mare should have um, her, her boosters uh, about four to six weeks before she foals to allow her ample time to build antibodies to pass to that foal. Um, and you need to booster her with flu and tetanus. And then the other uh, vaccines are those that the normal adult should get in your area. Um, everything from Eastern and Western encephalomyelitis to botulism. Um, and uh, you need to uh, booster her for those uh, about, as I said, about four to six weeks before foaling. Okay. That's great. Okay. And when you're going in to do your check on these newborn foals the next morning, I know one of the things that you had advised early on um, back when I lived in Kentucky and, and had uh, some work on foaling farms was to make sure and do a hands-on check of these newborn foals to check for rib fractures or anything else that might seem abnormal. You always encourage to get your hands on the foals. So what are you looking for and how do you do those exams, Dr. Riddle? Um, first of all, you do need to um, get your hands on the foal and uh, you, you'll want to uh, check their mouths and make sure they have a healthy pink gum color. Uh, you want to make sure that they don't have any obvious sign of milk through, from the nostrils or um, a cleft palate. Um, I've never diagnosed a cleft palate by hand. Um, they're usually too far back. Um, so um, I'll tell you that. And uh, then you're going to want to uh, examine for rib fractures. And um, normally uh, a foal, uh, you need to develop some practice and some techniques um, with palpating the ribs. But uh, normally um, if there's a rib fracture that's of concern, um, you're going to be able to feel that separation, feel that those um, ribs, ribs ending their, their ends. Um, you're going to want to uh, uh, feel creptus, which is bone on bone. Yeah. And is there anything else you can think of for maybe, again, for these veterinarians who might not be, you know, quite as uh, experienced with foaling um, in their, whether they're early in their careers or have been in an area where they haven't had many uh, foaling mares in their practice before. Any other advice that you can give to those vets this time of year? I think a good physical exam of the mare and the foal um, when you go out is, is always helpful. Um, and you need to, first of all, recognize what is ab what is normal, and then before you uh, try to diagnose what is abnormal. If you at all, are at all uncertain, um, I think that um, 
you should call on someone with experience in that to teach you. And how do you find, I mean, you're talking about someone at maybe a local clinic or a university if you're out in private practice? Yes, or an older practitioner who does have experience that's in your area um, to uh, follow you up and say, yes, this is a normal fall or no, it's not. And this is what I would do. Cool. So in other words, don't never be afraid to reach out for help. You're exactly right. You're exactly right. Okay. Well, Dr. Riddle, is there anything else uh, that you would like to add to any of this discussion about foaling mares and foals? Um, no. Um, I, I think that uh, from the time the mare breaks water uh, till she produces a foal, you know that uh, tradition uh, says that she should produce a foal within uh, an hour, a half hour. And uh, so it's, it's very unlike uh, humans because a, a human female can break water and maybe uh, not deliver a baby for another 24 to 48 hours. So you want to uh, uh, know that there's a difference in the species. And if a mare breaks water, you need to have a foal on the ground uh, within 30 minutes. Okay. That's, that's a good point to leave us on today. And we thank you very much for uh, joining us again, Dr. Riddle, on this uh, first podcast of 2022. And uh, we hope everyone has a great foaling season. And again, reach out to some older practitioners or some more experienced folks who are used to foaling if you have any issues or problems that you're concerned about in your area. So thank you, Dr. Riddle, for joining me on this uh, episode of Disease Du Jour. And a big thanks to our listeners for joining us. And a special thanks to our 2022 sponsor, Merck Animal Health. We invite you to listen and rate episodes of Disease Du Jour on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you like to listen to your podcasts. And if you have any questions or suggestions, just send me an email at kbrown at equinenetwork.com. Disease Du Jour is a production of the Equine Podcast Network, an entity of the Equine Network, LLC.